Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then and you're re- Enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He says, Thank you for taking my email in question. My girlfriend and I and I are wondering what we should do about this. We are trying to figure out if it's a bad thing if we both want to have sex with other people. I know you talk a lot about sexual compulsivity, and that's where I'm at, and that's where she's at. We know it feels very compulsive, but we feel driven to do it. And since we're doing it together, we don't believe it's bad. What do you think, Carol the Coach? And so my answer is that, you know, sexuality is a very individualized experience. And if you feel you and your girlfriend have figured out something that works for you, I'm not going to get in the way of that. But I'm really wondering why did you even email me? What, what's going on for the two of you that you need confirmation from a professional that it's okay, right? Um, I mean, I admire the fact that you may want, you may want some uh, guidance. But then you say, we really think it's okay, so we were just running it by you. Well, okay. If you're just running it by me, I say, do what you need to do. If at any point you feel like it's a problem, then you probably should seek a specialist to help you determine whether you thought something was okay and you figured out it wasn't, or whether really you are... um, Maybe unsure of yourself based on cultural norms, right? I mean, there are a lot of podcasts out right now talking about polyamory and being with other people and everybody being 
open and and doing what they need to do, and it's not hurting anybody. It's um, activating something inside of them that feels very, very much alive. Well, again, now the truth of the matter is sexual addiction compulsivity feels alive at first, too, and then before you even know it, it, it comes back to haunt you. I work with a lot of swingers, and, you know, there are people that agree to be with other people, and they, they profess that they enjoy it. And then all of a sudden, I'll get one of the partners that comes in, maybe male, maybe female, and he or she is not liking it anymore but can't get out of that lifestyle because the person they love is really, really invested in it. Boy, that gets tough, too, because that's when you're doing something that you don't want to do for somebody else or you're not doing something anymore that you were doing, and it's a real loss for your partner. So I would just encourage you to really spend some time looking at the pros and cons. That's, that's all I've got to say about that. You know, today we have a special guest who has a little bit of a different take on um, recovery and compulsivity, and the typical recovery programs. And I'm really excited to, to speak with her, Jace Downey. I'm thinking it's a her. It might even be a guy for all I know. All I know is I was contacted about this very, very unusual um, radical twist, if you will. Yeah. Jace and her clients have experienced freedom from addiction through a radical twist. It is a her. And she's got this foundational program that she's really excited to talk about. And she says it starts with the philosophy, there is nothing wrong with you. Now, that's really different than our guest a few weeks ago, Thomas Gagliano who said, the problem starts with you. But this is the beauty of this work and dealing with different professionals and seeing what they think and seeing how they apply their theories to, to man and womankind and to the culture. I mean, I'm always about talking to other people that have found things that work. And to be real honest, Jake Downey, Founder of You Got This Recovery discovered a core theme across all demographics. The belief that most people, they struggle with not feeling like they're enough just to be loved exactly as they are. And she maintains that this intrinsic, inescapable need for acceptance and connection the love is actually at the root of addiction. And so I'm looking forward to hearing how she discovered this and what motivated her to develop the program. And, again, the program is You Got This Recovery. And yeah, to find out more about her own personal story. You know, most people are good at helping when they figured it out for themselves. So we'll see if she was working with somebody, um, how she got into this field, and where it's taken her. Now, that being said, 
I want to tell you all. If you, you are a counselor who is wanting to work within the field of sex addiction, I've got a workshop coming up for you, and it's through ITAP. That's I-I-T-A-P.com. And it's a Help for Heal workshop based on my book. And it's a two-day event. It's this Friday and Saturday. And you can go to their website and get all the information. Or you can email me at carol at carol the coach. So now, without any further ado, I've got Jace Downing on the line. And she's going to be sharing some very innovative, philosophical beliefs and practices that have really helped her clients. Chase, welcome to the show. Howdy. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, I'm real excited to hear more about this because, of course, William had, had contacted me and said, I think this would be an excellent guest for you because she's been working really hard with her population uh, of addiction getting them to look at life differently because they look at themselves differently. So tell me, how did you get invested in this field? Ooh, like so many of us, through my own personal experience with sex addiction and trauma. And addiction showing up in other capacities as well is, is common for so many of us. I began a traditional 12-step program in 2014 for sex addiction as an absolute last resort for me. I really had gotten to a place where, to be honest, I hated myself deeply. I thought I was inherently broken, that there was something wrong with me, that this something that was wrong with me was unique to me because I hadn't heard anybody else talking about it. Right, like as as little as we're hearing of sex addiction today, I mean, given you know even a decade ago or or fewer years, it really wasn't being discussed in any candid way. I had no idea it was a thing, and I really got to a point where I was done. I was done suffering. I was done hating myself. I was done lying to everyone I knew. Done with the manipulation. I was just done. I was exhausted, and I couldn't keep going with it. And I happened upon the idea that if sex engages with our chemicals in our body and with our reward system and things like that in ways that substances do, then can that be an addiction? Can that be destructive? And I did a quick search, as I bet a lot of your listeners have, to find that, yeah, it absolutely can. It's the same system in the brain and body the same neurotransmitters as other behavioral areas of addiction or chemicals, which was great because that meant there was solution for it as well. So I thought, all right, I'll give it one meeting. And if it doesn't work and if it's not possible to heal, then I'm done. And I had my suicide plan for later that week. 
and say a little bit more about that. Yeah, I had to take a breath coming back into the reality of that time of life, which feels so foreign to me now. With the, the joy and vibrancy I have in me now, it's so hard to, to think back to that time and to relive that, that day, going into my first meeting, uh, which I was absolutely terrified to do, having no idea what I was going to find. You know, I'll tell you, I thought it was going to be like a bunch of people in a basement, like wearing trench coats or, you know, some weird idea that we have around uh, people who engage in, in sexual activities in unhealthy ways, being these immoral, deranged, you know, just delinquents on society, which we know is not true. We know that's absolutely not true. This area of addiction can affect anyone. Any demographic, any population can be affected by this. Uh, and so I did. I went in and was surprised to find other people who knew what I was going through. This this thing that I had been experiencing, not just as an adult, which, of course, we know is a, a misunderstanding of addiction, especially sex addiction, that it starts in adulthood, which it certainly does not. So I spent my entire life miserable and thinking I was the only one going through this. So it was pretty mind-blowing to find that wasn't the case, that other people understood and had experience with it, and that even a couple of them, now not very many, but a couple of them had found a way out of it. So I began my journey into recovery and healing in a really dedicated way through traditional recovery. And, and that did help. That did bring some relief and I started seeing changes in my life and in myself. I was really, really committed to traditional recovery for a long time. And yet, something was always missing. I was watching folks in, in these traditional meetings, relapsing consistently, struggling, white-knuckling so, so much of the time and not really getting to the core of the issue. And for a while, having some relief was plenty. That was fine for me. Uh, I wasn't suicidal. Uh, I was in time learning to to hate myself less. Uh, But then bringing in other healing modalities really made a big difference. Uh, Therapy, which I know you're a big proponent of, as well as other bringing in groups and digging deeper into the core of what was really going on underneath it. And doing so, as any of us who do any digging find, I, I did not start or choose addiction. Uh, of course, with all of the studies that we have going on in recent years, we know trauma plays such a big role in that and the development of our brain and our nervous system and our bodies when we undergo trauma or adverse childhood experiences that make moving into addiction uh, very likely. Uh, with my background of sexual abuse in my family and other forms of abuse and trauma, big T and little T as they call it, uh, it made a lot of sense that I ended up in in this area and that I was going to have to go a lot deeper to solve it. And so... I mean, obviously, not only did you go, but you were able to say, you know what, 
the old model doesn't seem to be working for me, and I doubt that it's working for other people either. Now, we all know that all models work for some, but truly, you knew that it wasn't enough to be thought of as broken and build yourself back up. You actually believe that that played into perpetuating more sexual addiction, right? You bet. Absolutely. And when we look at, like, I I love self-mastery. That's the name of the game. With you got this recovery, we master the self, not the symptoms. In that, I I was doing a lot of studies in habits, habit forming and habit replacing. Not that addiction is a habit, but it, it falls into a lot of the same areas of the brain. So I was doing a lot of study in that. We know routine and habit can be a big part of a recovery life as well. And what I found is one of the best, most effective ways to form a habit that you want, to intentionally form a desired habit, is to incorporate it into your identity, right? Well, people quitting um, smoking, let's say, uh, they, they stop claiming that they smoke or that they're smokers, and they, they start claiming, I am a healthy individual that makes healthy choices. And they start bringing that into their identity. And once the ego and the default mode network in our brain gets a hold of that, it makes it so much easier to form that habit, yeah? Well, what's Mm -hmm. the opposite of that? Here we are in traditional recovery saying hundreds or thousands of times, I am a sex addict, I am an alcoholic, I am this, I am that. We are reinforcing this notion that we are this thing. And in the exact same way that default mode network or what we sometimes call our ego latches onto that and does everything in its power to make it so. So we look at traditional recovery and the struggles that many people do have to really gain freedom, not freedom from the the behavior or the symptoms, but really leave addiction behind. And I think our language plays a big role in that. Uh, I used to, when I was on your show years ago, many, many years ago, uh, of course, I had my YouTube show going at that time, which I still do, and I would always start at, howdy, I'm Jace, and I'm a sex addict. And I, I did not understand at that time how I was making my own recovery, my own freedom impossible by continuously building that into who I am. So that was one of the things that right away I started noticing, oh, for me, this has built failure right into the foundation. And you're right, I love that there are so many voices out there especially for this area that traditionally doesn't have a lot of support in it, but we're getting more studies, we're getting more voices, more help, more modalities for healing and recovery, which is amazing. And different people need different ones, and we need different ones at different times. Traditional recovery saved my life and played a huge part in moving me into a healthy life after that. And then it, and then it started becoming more harmful than helpful for me, and I know that to be the case for many of the people I work with as well. And a big part of that is owning the identity. And the other part is starting off with this idea that I'm defective, that there's something wrong with me. How am I going to move into thriving, into curing the core of this, if I believe and am being told repeatedly that there's something wrong with me? That makes it very difficult. Chase, I have said for the longest time that there is this thing, and it is um, the true, how does this go? 
the true telltale sign of somebody who's in good recovery admits their openness, their brokenness, and their humility. And so what I hear you saying is, no, Carol, you know, as long as they feel they're broken, and I think from a recovery standpoint, that feeling of I'm broken keeps people from getting complacent. They always want to work on themselves. But you're, you're saying no in actuality. It keeps them in a one-down position where they can't self-actualize and be the best person they can be. You are right on the money. And here's the thing. It keeps them from the truth of who and what they truly are. We're not broken. We're not born broken. I didn't come into this space broken. And I would say addiction is not our fault. Recovery is our responsibility. I like to think of it like um, someone else ran up the bill and then walked out of the restaurant and I got to pay the check, right? It's not fair. We know now without a shadow of a doubt, and I know some people are still hanging on to old ideas and I think we'll continue to see those dying out. But we know addiction comes from somewhere, and it's not excessive use. People ask me, they send in questions for my, my YouTube show, and they say, how much sex do I have to have before I have sex addiction? Or how many partners? Or we have this idea that, like, after a certain number of uses, we become addicted. But it has begun far before that. You talk about this family of origin, getting down into to the why, the where this is coming from. And we know it stems from those adverse childhood experiences, all of which tell us you are not enough. You're not safe. You're not worthy. Something's wrong with you. How will we find solution from that same space if we continue to believe that when that is what is igniting and fueling addiction in the first place. Well, and so I want to remind everybody that I'm talking with Jade Sammy. She reminded me that I had her on the show. I'm so sorry. You know, I have been doing this show since 2007, so please forgive me. You've got this incredible um, program. It's, you're the founder of You Got This Recovery. And can you tell us a little bit about what You Got This Recovery is all about. You got it. <laughs> uh, bad bad wordplay. Yeah, and no, and yes, forgive it, absolutely. You do so many episodes. You have so many wonderful guests on. Uh, that was, you know, that was so long ago. Uh, yeah, no problem at all. You Got This mm-hmm. Recovery is a group style that focuses on self-mastery. So what do we mean by self-mastery? We're talking about a holistic approach to healing and thriving. Now, you talked about motivation, that people hold that idea like, I'm broken. I got to keep working on myself. I have to keep improving. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. Wow, when is it enough? Right? Like, it's exhausting. But there's another option as well, and I'm talking about thriving. I'm talking about living into the life that is joyous and vibrant and energy-giving, one that we're really excited to wake up for. If I'm spending all this time and energy to not do something, you quit eventually. Most of us give up because it's not enough to just not live a terrible life, to just not show up in the world in a healthy way. 
that's not enough motivation for most of us, at least not over the long term. And then we stay stuck in having to mitigate the symptoms. But what if instead you could become a person you admire, respect, love, and are excited to share with the world, and you're living a life that you wouldn't trade for anything? Well, guess what? Sobriety becomes easy. You don't even think about it. We, we hardly talk sobriety in the program. It's necessary on a biological level because we know we've got to heal the brain. We've got to heal the nervous system and the development issues that began early on. That has to happen. If the brain and body is not on board, it's going to be hard forever. So sobriety is such a crucial component in that. But unlike traditional recovery where that is the end goal, we look at that as the beginning. That is the gateway to your boldly satisfying life. And once you have that on lock and you are engaging in practices that bolster this life you love, being lived by a person you respect, addiction just isn't in the conversation anymore. So that is our foundation. We start out, this is online. We do all of this online and we meet uh, via Zoom. I know you do Skype with clients all over the world. We do that on Zoom. Uh, and the program otherwise is a series of lessons that build on one another. So we, we get into what addiction really is, what we're actually dealing with, not symptomatically, not in its behaviors, but on actual biological level. Hey, what's actually happening in the body that's creating these things, right? These aren't choices that we're making from a healthy conscious place. We talk trauma. We've got to deal with that stuff. It's not fun. It's not pretty necessarily, but it's, it's there. Pretending it's not there isn't helpful. And then we start building a series of skills and tools and practices as well as altering mindsets and heart sets to live into a life that we are developing and creating ourselves because we actually have the capacity to do that once we aren't putting that energy into running from things. And I'm talking running from pain, running from suffering, running from the past. I'd say raise your hand, but I can't. I'm used to being on camera. Like raise your hand if you've been running from your past for too long, right? Like it's exhausting running from the fear. And so much energy goes into either hiding who we think we are, which is this monster of a person, or I'll speak for myself. That's what I thought. If anyone ever knew me, they'd hate me, right? How often do we hear that? Because we think these behaviors that are a result of experiences that happened earlier on for us that then created these stories. I am not enough. No one will love me. Uh, I'm, I'm a terrible person, this, that, and the other. Then we're living from that space. Yeah, guess what? Life doesn't look great. It doesn't feel great. And then we spend all this time hiding those things. We just keep shoving more and more into the closet until finally we have to stand right up against that door to make sure all of the skeletons don't fall out. But in You Got This Recovery, we open that door. We look at them. We take fear as friends. We use our emotions as a communication system with our bodies to get into alignment. We work with the, the brain, the heart, the body, as well as each person's interpretation of spirit, whatever that means. We're science-based and spirit-led and you powered. So it really is putting each individual person into the role of an empowered being with the assumption that they are fully capable of thriving. We also have a well, lot of okay. other things that go with that as well. Our emergency toolkit, we have things that, that bolster all of this. 
in the process of having the, the lessons that are done regularly online and then meeting as a group as well, where I, I do direct guidance through that group. Well, and so tell me a little bit about that toolkit. What are some more things that you can put in the toolkit that will help somebody when they're at their low flow or when they're being triggered with urges and cravings mm -hmm. and they don't want to go back down that road? Yes. I love this. And, okay, most people are going to hate what I'm about to say. I did. And yet the simplicity of it is such a gift. Something that I noticed in my own recovery and as I was working with others, people with sex addiction are very disconnected from the body, which might surprise those who don't have it because it seems very physical-centered, right? But we're, we're completely disconnected from our true selves and our actual body in the present moment. And when we do Absolutely. that and when we're living... Yeah, right. You've you've uh, you've experienced this as well with your clients. Very disconnected. Hundred percent. Yeah, which makes sense with so much of the trauma that we see being of a of a sexual abuse nature, which I really think of as soul abuse, soul assault, because it gets down into the core of everything we are, and then it weaves its way into absolutely everything in our being and in our lives. Uh, you know, and when we see it with emotional abuse, we see it with abandonment, we see it with too much pressure, we see it with parents not being present emotionally, even if they're present physically. It's not just these big events that happen, but any sense of safety being breached where we're feeling unsafe or feeling insecure, from the perspective of a child, trauma is created. And I think we're going to have to coin a new term because trauma can be such a, a heavy term for some people, but de developmental issues occur. All right, we'll say that from these adverse childhood experiences of which we all have experience with. So I was blown away as I continued the path of self-mastery alongside traditional recovery that somatic healing and working with the body was not standard practice for recovery and healing with sex addiction specifically. So I say folks might hate this because one, it's very simple, so then people think it doesn't work, uh, though I say try it, don't believe me, verify me. Uh, and it, you're, we gotta get into the body. So when we think about what's actually going on with addiction, any area of addiction, we're talking about the reward system, of course the limbic system, our fight or flight, uh, or freeze system. So we're talking uh, that that old part of the brain that then prioritizes our survival above all else, which on the ba most basic level, that's what's happening with addiction. It's a brain and body response to a perceived threat to our life. Yeah, of course, not jumping on that porn site or not making that connection or not being engaged with someone isn't going to actually kill us. But because of the systems that have been set up from an early age, our brain doesn't get it. And so we have this connection where we actually think our life is in danger. And so that limbic system takes over. And now all of a sudden we're doing things that seem insane. I'm sure any listener out there has done something that they're like, what was I thinking? 
why am I doing this when I know there's negative consequences? I mean, I could go to jail. I could lose my family. I could lose my job. What is going on? Well, the brain has hijacked our behavior at that point because it thinks that we are actually in a life or death situation. And, and we don't stay alive. I'm going to tell you that. It's going to make sure of it. So best thing to have in the toolkit is a breathing practice, whatever that means for people, whatever works for them, where we're engaging with the breath and the body to actually shift into different parts of our brain and get out of our sympathetic nervous system. So we are actually communicating to our brain. So now we're talking empowerment, right? This whole time, addiction, what is addiction? A series of behaviors? No, it's a hijacking of the brain based on programming that's been in there for a long time. So let's take it back. Let's take agency back over the brain. And the easiest way to do that is through the breath. Allowing the breath to communicate to the brain and body that we are safe, that all is well, completely cuts that trigger pathway out. And there are so, I I could, the emergency toolkit includes a lot of breathing practices. It includes other body practices as well as different mind practices as well. So we're actually taking agency back over our brain so we can get our body on our side for the choices we want to make to be living the life we want to live. Yeah, I totally get that. And, you know, you um, have really thought this out as well as, You've done a great job of creating, um, well, it's, it's marketing so that people have fun with their recovery. I mean, yes. you're the son <laughs> of a libertarian, right? And you yes. say it's a play, a play academy for recovery, okay. trauma, and for um, recovery and driving. Now, yes, tell yeah. us a little bit about, because... This is unique. We've not seen anything like this before. That is one of my favorite. You can't see, but I have victory arms happening right now. I've got my tea in one hand, and I'm just straight to the sky, victory arms, because I'm so excited uh, (laughs) to get to talk about this. It's something that has been a total failure on the part of, healing in general, not just for sex addiction, but in general that we don't include fun, even though we know. And this is the cool thing that I love about the Illuminatorium, that I love about you got this recovery and what I've done in my own work as well personally is bringing in other areas that study human thriving. And one of those, when we look at development and we look at not just for children anymore, but which used to be the, the belief, but now we know play continues to be a huge component for healing and growth throughout all of our lives, and yet it's missing. It is missing from the recovery sphere, it, and that is a crime, honest to goodness, because we're not using every tool. And when we're talking about something as deep and as ingrained, not permanently, but ingrained in our brains and bodies and our lives and our behaviors as addiction, we got to use everything. Fun and play is just as important as the work. We hear that, right? You're doing your work. Are you doing your work? You've got to work it. 
Yeah, and that's important too, but if we don't include play and fun, it won't be a complete model for healing, and therefore it will not be successful long term. So including the play, including fun is so crucial, and it makes it more enjoyable. Where does addiction stem from? Ah, things that trigger the reward system, right? We have a reward system to get us to engage in certain things that once upon a time (laughs) helped with our survival. Now, we've moved past that where, you know, sugar or high caloric foods are everywhere. We don't need the motivation to to stock up on them or seek them out because we're not sure when our next meal is going to come. Well, we don't need that anymore, but the brain hasn't caught up yet, right? So these things in our reward system that are there to motivate us to survive, and don't be fooled, folks, sex is a survival need for our species. So guess what? Boom, the brain built that in there too. Of course, sex engages the reward system. Feels good. We got all the good chemicals rocking, and if it engages the reward system, it can engage the addiction cycle. So that's what we're seeing. So use the reward system. Do things that feel good, that are light and playful, and that release the chemicals in a healthy way so that we have an alternative. Just stopping a behavior doesn't cut it. We talked about addictions earlier. We know you can't quit a habit. You can only replace it. Same is true. So if there are all these behaviors, and let's be real, they did work. Once upon a time, they did work for what we needed them for. If we're just trying to cut them out and we're not replacing them with healthy behaviors that also help regulate our internal chemistry, we're going to fail. And we see it all the time. And let's be real, though traditional recovery can work and has worked, overall relapse rates are really high. Sitting in traditional recovery meetings, it's very rare to see long-term sobriety and sex addiction. Now, people who engage in other modalities as well, therapy, EMDR, theta healing, somatic healing, those chances go up significantly. We know that to be true. But a big part of this is not having a complete model. And fun and play is part of that. So I love that in my job, I've assigned people to have dance parties. I've assigned people to lay in a hammock for an hour. And at first, clients are like, what? That's in, like that's nuts. Like I gotta be, I gotta be doing the work. But all work all the time is not the answer. We have to have both sides of it. So without play, without fun, we're gonna fail. Amen to that. I am 100% behind you, and I, you know I promote your innovative way of helping people to get healthy and find recovery in that process. Hey, help people, you know, I know that they can go to your website, www.jace, and that's J-A-C-E-D-O-W-N-E-Y.com. Tell people a little bit about your YouTube um, channel. Oh, goodness. Sure. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So many, many, many years ago, um, I, and take it or leave it, but I, received a message that I had to share my story publicly. Uh, When I say I received a message, I mean internally, 
you got to share this publicly. To which I said, I don't think so. That's my nightmare. <laughs> this is the most stigmatized area of addiction. Basically, no one is talking about this with their own experience in a non-explicit way. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I've only been sober for a few months. I'm terrified of public speaking. Being on camera is my nightmare. Uh, my first career actually was in film and TV and video behind the camera. Being in front of the camera was my nightmare. So I went, yeah, that's not happening. And then it kept coming. You've got to share this publicly. You have to share this publicly. And what I, re- what I recognized when I was really sitting with that and thinking about it is I was days away from killing myself because I thought I was the only person dealing with this. And though mm. I did not know it yet, I am a phenomenal, magnificent being whose life here is essential, just mm. like everyone else. Now, I didn't know that at the time. I know that now, and I know that to be true about you. I know that to be true about every single person listening to this as well. We're all essential. And I almost deprived myself of that as well as the world because I thought I was alone. And finding out I wasn't alone by going and hearing other people's stories was what saved me. Not the steps, not the idea that I could get sober, which I didn't at first, let's be real, but just knowing I wasn't alone. And I thought, let let them come. Ridicule, you know, whatever it's going to be, if one person can find out they're not alone, let's do this. And I talked with my mom, who I had come out to at this point for being in recovery. Um, I had nobody else in my family knew yet. A few friends knew. And, and she and I had a sit-down conversation, and she, she said, I'll support you in anything you do, but honey, have you thought this through? This can affect your job, future employment, relationships. You know, all the you're in your 20s. You might want to have a very different life later. Later, and coming out, speaking about your own experience in a highly stigmatized area could really jeopardize your future. Are you sure you want to do this? And I had and to. So. I had to. And so I put out my first video, um, which really just it, it came from an angry place. If I'm honest, here I had been living a double life for over two decades where no one knew me. I was lying all the time and it was exhausting. Okay, so I go into recovery and what am I doing all over again? I'm lying all the time about where I'm going, who I'm spending time with. People are like, Jace, you seem different, why? And I couldn't tell them because not only is sex addiction stigmatized, recovery for it is too, which is so whack, I can't even begin to tell you. I don't even have to tell you. You know, it's insane. And so here I was lying all over. I'm living another double life as a person in recovery, and I thought, no more. Why? Because it might make people uncomfortable? Because we want to pretend in a society that is potentially the most unhealthy with regard to sex and relating ever? We want to pretend we're all good and nobody's dealing with this stuff? Like, no, I'm not living another double life. It almost killed me. I'm not doing it. Let's go. Let's just tell every person in my life 
at the same time. My coworkers, my boss, my extended family, my friends, my exes, let's just put it out there and in the double life, in my own life. Yeah. I did not <laughs> understand at that time that that was going to take off and be seen all over, that it was going to turn into years of talking about my own experience and, and getting into the depths of all of that, um, both on YouTube and on TV, on film, podcasts, magazines, uh, you know, all over the world that that you know one video is going to be the start of all of this and i really didn't know that one day i was going to be so excited to be speaking on your podcast or in front of a crowd or facilitating groups or workshops uh, or whatever it might be that i was going to love it and shine and find my home as a public speaker <laughs> that might be the most and you, surprising thing is, at all of all of it you do it so well you're amazing jay Thank you. I appreciate that reflection. Thank you. It's taken more than practice, more than, you know, learning the craft and all that. It's taken courage to finally step up and say, I exist. This is who I am. I might be weird. I might freak you out. Here's what I'm working with. Let's stop pretending we're all fine. Let's stop surviving quietly and start thriving loudly together. And to do mm-hmm. that, we've got to own these amazing, unique beings that we are. And I'm not going to be silent anymore. All right, so I want to ask you, what's the best way that people can reach you? Uh, if they're looking for more info or info about the program or other things I offer, jacedowney.com is a great way to do that. If you want to get in contact with me directly, you can do so uh, either through my contact page, that's great, or connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at jacedowney.com. All right. I'm also on Instagram. I'm still doing YouTube. Um, so you, I always forget about the social. I'm like a 95-year-old inside. I'm terrible with the social media, but I've got it. And I do YouTube regularly now, and I, I have my current series, Sex Addiction Q&A, where we talk about all of this candidly as well as solution. There's recovery tools on there, uh, self-mastery tools on there, and uh, we'll sneak peek. I've got a, I've got a show that's going to be coming out later this year, uh, a, a vodcast as well. We're going to dive even more deeply into all of this, not just sex addiction, but the whole gamut of human thriving. Well, I wish you continued success. Absolutely amazing. And I love that this is all done with positivity and it's about unconditional love. And Jay Stanley, keep us posted on more of what you do for the world. I absolutely will. Thank you, Carol. And thank you for bringing such a diverse mix of people onto your show and, and into the ears of so many. It's such a Aww. gift. Thank My- you. Okay. Take care. <laughs> All right. So Chase Downey, who has this foundational recovery program that starts with unconditional love of oneself. 
And, you know, it almost always boils down to, and it really does, um, and self-intimacy. And I know in the midst of addiction, you may not feel that. But what Jace is suggesting is that you shift the way you look at things so things around you change, and that includes you. Remember, there will only be one of you at all times, so fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And we'll see you next week for more Sex Help with Carol the Coach.